let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we, uh, we thank you for you. Uh, Lord, your promise is true. God, my, my prayer is that as we come together and as we claim and as we wave our banner of, of uh, children of the Most High, that we understand what that means and that we understand that every promise that you have given us, you will uphold, you will see through to the end. God, you do not lie. So if you say, you say it and you promise it to us, we should live that way. So God, let us uh, live in, in uh, peace. Let us live in boldness. God, let us be witnesses for your great glory. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, turn with me real quick to uh, Romans chapter 12, because this is where we're going to start. and We're going to jump back um, a, a, a little bit. But in, in Romans chapter 12, you, you've heard me say this, and, and we've talked about this verse many times, but I, I think that if we're going to be talking about being filled with the Spirit and what that looks like, what we need to understand is what Paul tells us in, in verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and what accept, is acceptable and perfect. Understand that, that um, God gave us a, 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 a brain housing group, as they, they, they taught us in, in um, the... Yeah. <laughs> Dang, that is one loud ringer that ever vibrated, whatever that was. Um, <laughs> what in the world is that? Everybody, don't, don't, don't point. I, I, I just... <laughs> Is that you? It's the grumpy man in the back that stands like this. Hey, you said celebrate, so I got an airplane on my phone. Why is it always? Oh, my goodness gracious. No, that's your dad. Yeah. This is one thing I, I, I tell my wife all the time. You know that's your father-in-law because, I mean, she's like, no, it's your dad. Well, I didn't have a choice in it. You did. I mean, right? Oh, my goodness gracious. All right. That's definitely not the spirit because I don't think the spirit sounds like that. So do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. By the renewal, renewing of your mind. So understand that our, our mind is to be renewed, and how our mind is renewed is by the Spirit of God. And I think that at times when we're trying to uh, overcomplicate things, what we need to do is we need to just take a step back and just think about what it is that God wants us to think about. So if you're um, taking notes and you want to uh, um, have a, a title or whatever, what we're going to talk about today is vertical perspective. Vertical perspective, and I think that this is what um, being filled with the Spirit involves. Uh, if we don't understand that when we're filled with the Spirit, um, that we, we must have a vertical perspective, what, we, what, what happens is we get tossed, as the Bible says, says, to and fro by every wind of doctrine, because we're, we're looking horizontally at, at everything that's going on, and we're thinking, okay, i got to be over here. Oh, no, 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 I, gotta, I need to be over here because our perspective is outward. Now, understand that it's not bad to look at what's going on around you. But our, our perspective has to be first rooted and grounded and, and focused vertically before we can be effective horizontally. And, and I think that this is what's being talked about here when, when he's saying that the renewal of our mind. 
Because um, even in Ecclesiastes, uh, um, the, the, the great teacher, the preacher, says that we can study a lot, and, and, and by our, our, our lot of study, it can make us weary. But at the end of the day, what we need to do is fear God and obey his, command, his commandments. So understand that we don't need to make things complicated, but as we're not making things complicated, it's always my fear that people think that, well, then you can just turn your mind off. No, we cannot turn our minds off. Being led by the Spirit and being filled by the Spirit, operating in the Spirit, is engaging that mind. But it's engaging that mind on a vertical perspective. So uh, this is where we're going to jump off, but I, I want us to, to take us to, to Colossians chapter 3 real quick, because I think Paul communicates this even better there. Because in, in Colossians chapter 3, I'm just going to use one verse, and, and, and we're going to keep on keeping on here. Uh, pro, or I'm sorry, Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. Paul says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. And when Paul says to set your mind on things that are above and not on things that are on earth, he's talking to believers. He's talking to Christians here. So it's a clear indication to me because Paul said in Romans, we talked last week, that if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, the Spirit dwells inside of you. So if we are believers and the Spirit dwells inside of us, what we need to do is we need to set our minds on things. And it says things, of above, or things from above. Think of it this way. Things from God, godly things, what it is that, 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 that God, um, just think about it, think about it on, on, on the level of um, what God would be thinking about. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. That doesn't negate what it is, that, the, the things that we have and the, the responsibilities we have on earth, but everything we do here has to be a byproduct of what's going on there. You're going to see that motion a lot. So it's that vertical versus that horizontal. Both, as we'll see, um, both are important. But without the vertical, the horizontal falls. Think of it, and I'll let the cat out of the bag. Just think of it like this. If we look at the cross, could the horizontal beam just kind of hold itself there? Without the vertical, the horizontal wouldn't be there. So it's important for us to understand that, that our perspective must be vertical for us to be effective horizontal. Here he says that. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on, on the earth. How is this possible? Because, I, I mean, you, you don't understand, Lee, my, my life is so busy and I'm, I'm trying to, to uh, get into the Bible and I'm trying to live a, a godly life. Right off the bat, we know we don't try, we train. What we need to do is we need to condition ourselves to focus vertically. Because if we try, we, we may get there and we may not get there. But if we're training ourselves on, on a continuous basis, some people are like, well, I can't give up that much time. Well, fine. I'm not saying that you go home and you tear up your schedule and you, just, and you, you realign your life. What, what you need to do is you need to start, though. Start somewhere. And my, my plea to you today is that, that if nothing else, we start with, okay, I, I just have to have a, a vertical perspective. And what does that vertical perspective look like in my life right now? 
How, how do I do that? Well, in Romans chapter 8, like I just, I just said, we, we, we talked a little bit about it last week, but understand that um, Paul says in verse 16 that the Spirit, capital S Spirit, the Spirit himself bears witness, witness with our spirits that we are children of God. How am I to have a vertical perspective? It's because of the Spirit of God that's inside of you. Don't ever let the enemy creep in and make you question your relationship with Christ. Because it's the Spirit of God who bears witness with your spirit to say, you are a child of God. So what I want to do today is we're going we're to go through the 23rd Psalm. Some of you, you're like, yes, I love the 23rd Psalm. Awesome. But uh, what we're going we're gonna to read through the 23rd Psalm. And in, in the 23rd Psalm, here's I'm going to get your, your, your five list for you type A people. We're going to look at five um, characteristics of vertical perspective seen in the 23rd Psalm. Because I, I, I think that, um, again, at the end of the day, if you don't hear anything else that, that, that I say or... or um, Anything else that goes on, all I want you to do, all I want to do for you today is what the psalmist wrote about a lot. I want to help lift your head up. I just, just kind of visualize what I want to do physically and metaphorically is just put my hand under your chin and just lift your head up. Because when you lift your head up, what, what, what lifts up? Your eyes. Okay, so we want to lift our eyes to heaven. So, so we can do what? We can focus on the things that are above. I want to lift your hearts up. I want us to focus on the things that are above, not the things that are on earth. Not, again, not that the things that are on earth aren't important. But if we don't lift our head up and focus on the things that are above, we get drowned out by everything that's going on around us. So if you're not there already... And I'm not, so i got to stall for a second. Um, if you're not there already, turn to the 23rd Psalm. How about I'll read it through, then we'll go back. Because I, I love reading this in, 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 in whole. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If, I mean, this is one of those, and it's not minimizing any other text in the Bible, but this is one of those, the, 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 those um, passages, these scriptures that when you read it and, and, and you um, vertically acknowledge this and, and you have this perspective that that's me. When, when it starts out with the Lord is what? My shepherd. I, it, that, that shows us right out, out of the gate that the first characteristics, the first characteristic, you're spoken for. 
the characteristic of this vertical perspective is when you enter into this and you train yourself for this and you live in this vertical perspective, you can live in this vertical perspective because you're spoken for. That would be like somebody come up to, to, to my wife and says, Woo, you're hot. I want to marry you. She's going to say, no, I'm spoken for. She might got to go, watch out, karate kick or whatever. I mean, she's been feisty lately, I'm telling you. But she's spoken for in the same sense, but to a greater degree. When the enemy comes up to you and accuses you of this and tries to identify you here, identify you here, you say, ah, get behind me, Satan. I'm spoken for. And we need to remember these words. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, sometimes it's important to just kind of to dwell on the truth of just a word. What does it mean to be a shepherd? What, is it, what does that mean for him to be my shepherd? Well, we know shepherds, they tend to sheep, which is not a nice job because sheep are nasty they're dirty, they bite, and it's un- it can be an unpleasant experience for the shepherd. But nonetheless, we don't need to look at this from the shepherd role. We need to look at this from the sheep role in the sense that we have a shepherd. We're not sheep without a shepherd. Remember when Jesus, he comes across the sea and he sees that these people who have congregated together, that, that um, it says that he had compassion on them because they were as sheep without a shepherd. John 10.10 10 tells us something very specific. Keep your finger in, in, uh, in, in Psalms there. Turn over to, to John 10.10 10, um, to, to get a better understanding of uh, the Lord as our shepherd, I would, I would task you this week, read John 10. Here in verse 14, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Understand that when we read this, and it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I can say the Lord is my shepherd not only because I want to feel good about myself, but because he has claimed me. Those of you with kids, sometimes you don't want to claim your kids, right? Because the way in which they're acting. Thank you, Jesus, for not doing that to us. Because we act out and we act a fool and we don't deserve to be claimed. But our shepherd never forsakes us. He never leaves us. That's where we can look at the passage there in Psalm 23. It says, I shall not want and that, that actually can, can um, be uh, interpreted, um, I shall not lack anything. Some of you are like, well, yeah, but I could have a better job and I can have, well, here, here's the deal. The Bible says that the Lord will take care of our needs, not necessarily our wants. We can say, I want this and I want this, and sometimes we even say, I need this and I need that. It's up to God to, to determine what it is that we need. He knows your needs. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these will be added to you. Understand that, that when we first identify, when we're, we're looking at this vertical perspective here, we first identify that the reason we have this, this vertical perspective is because of what Christ has done. 
Think of, remember, think of it as the cross there. Because what Christ has done, I'm spoken for. It goes on to say, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. It, it, it's, it's funny because um, when, when, he's, when he's talking about he makes me lie down in green pastures, from what I understand about sheep, what, I, what I've read, I don't, I don't own any sheep. Um, the kids didn't want sheep. They got goats at one time, but that was a nightmare all in itself. Um, but from what I understand about sheep is if you, if you lead them into a pasture, they'll just eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and eat, and eat, and eat until they just explode. So they, they need to be led, and how it says it, it makes, uh, he makes me lie down. Take a rest. You don't always have to be eaten. T -t -take, a, take a rest. And it goes on here to say, he leads me beside still water. Something else that I learned, that even um, running water can frighten sheep. And I'm thinking about that. That is so true with us. We're, 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 the, the, we're God's children and we're, we're his sheep. Sometimes it's just the smallest ripple in our schedule that throws us into a, 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 a panic, throws us into a, a, a tailspin. But we have to remember he's leading us. He's leading us. It says still waters here. How can we, we understand that um, even though all of the, everything's going on, he... He's the one that calmed the storm. Remember when he, he sent his disciples out across the sea? Jesus, it says that Jesus stayed back and he was praying and he looked out about the third watch of the night and, and, and there in, in the sea, it was the, the boat was being all tipped in and, 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 and the waves were crashing and everything. It says he walked out to him. How cool would that be? I mean, just to, it'd be freaky, right? It'd be freaky to see uh, uh, dudes, dudes walking on the water. Um, he, he's got to have floaties on around there, under there. <laughs> when I said it, I pictured Jesus walking out there with one of those big duck things around him. <laughs> so it's the Holy Spirit, just in case. No, I mean, uh, no, I just, but, but Jesus sent them out, and then he comes out and it says that, that, that um, he calms the sea. How can we walk beside still waters? It's because the one who calms the waters is the one who is my shepherd. It goes on here. To say he restores my soul. If we were honest, and I know you're always honest all the time, you all are, are good about that, right? If, if you were honest, the one thing, if you could, if you could have that one thing, if, if God said, okay, I'm going to give you one thing, what would that be? It's, it's peace. Everybody seeks peace. I mean, just kind of look at your life and what it is you're doing. You're seeking enjoyment. You're seeking these things that, 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 that um, uh, are, are, are uh, um, situational or tempor temporary. But at the end of the day, what it is is you're trying to, to uh, calm your soul. Here it says that he restoreth our soul. Understand, at the end of the day, we can seek out all, out all different things. And I'm not saying those things are bad, but we have, we have to understand where restoration comes from, where peace comes from. It comes from the shepherd. It says, he restores my soul. And then it says, when he, after he, uh, in the next line there, it says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Paths of righteousness are not always the most pleasant paths to go down. And I love how it says he restores my soul, my soul, and then he leads me. I think there's something that we can see there. 
Our soul needs to be restored so that we can walk in those paths of righteousness. If our soul is not restored, what we do is we try to make our own paths. I'm blazing the way, boom, 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 right? I'm going to do it my way. And what we want to do is we look at Jesus and say, come on, catch up with me. No, he has to lead us on these paths of righteousness. When are we able to and when are we willing to follow him on these paths of righteousness? When he's restored our souls. That's where the, the, the second characteristic comes in here in verse 2 and 3. Is that the characteristic of a vertical perspective here is not wandering. And I'm not saying wandering like, hmm, I'm thinking. No, I'm saying wandering like wandering, walking around aimlessly, not knowing where you're going, not knowing where the focus is, not knowing where I'm supposed to put my eyes. Verse 4, it says this, and this is the, the, the big one. Everybody loves this. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And, and, and I'll pause there because that's where most people stop. And, and I would say, great, but I, I think it's important that, that, that here, here's characteristic number three, fearless. So a, a vertical perspective, we can have a, 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 a spirit of fearless, not a spirit of fear, because we know that the, 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 the spirit of fear is not from God. I mean, so, uh, was it 2 Timothy 1 7 says, For God gave us a spirit, or give us not the spirit of fear, but of what? Power, love, and self control. What we have to understand is when we look at this, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Even though I go through that, it doesn't say I'm avoiding that. It says, even, even. So he's saying, even though I'm walking this valley, Everybody in here has been through, is going through, will go through a valley. But it says, because my shepherd is with me, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And because my shepherd is not afraid to use his rod, it says your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What is the rod and the staff for? Protection. Protection. Discipline. Discipline. Guidance. Guidance. There's a lot of uses for that big stick, right? Walk, walk softly and carry a big stick. That's what the, the, the old adage is, right? That big stick in which God has given us, it's not a physical shepherd's hook. It's his statutes, his commands. Jesus says uh, to, to go and make disciples, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. All that I've commanded you. That's, that's the stick. The way in which we can have no fear as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death is because he's with us and because he's guiding us through his word. That's why it's so vitally important when, we, when, we, when we're, we're talking and I talk to people and they're, they're dealing with things in their lives, I ask the question, how, how are you doing reading your Bible? And it's not because I want you to feel guilty about this, or now you're just compounding things. I've had, my life's hard enough. Now I'm, you're making me feel guilty because I'm not reading my Bible. No, it's, that's how the Lord guides us. 
That's how we, we understand that we, can, uh, we, we don't have to fear because the promise is the truth of his word. Fearless. It goes on, verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. I think the, 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 the fifth characteristic here is being satisfied. I went to Waterloo. That was number four. That's why we... Uh, shh. We're not getting political in here. That's number four. I ain't telling you again. I just said it once. Being satisfied. That's another thing. I, it, it, it's always, it always kind of baffles me when people uh, say things like, you know, I don't need to go to church because I can listen to podcasts and I can watch people. There's a difference when you're in church and when you're not in church. I mean, so, so, so just that, that's a good example. The preacher doesn't always have the, everything in line, even if he has notes. Sometimes he needs reminded. The sheep need to say, hey, wait, 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 wait. You're not, oh, yes, right. We're, we're here. Number four, being satisfied. Now, being satisfied with what? With God's provision. I, I love when we look at this and it says, you prepare a table before me. It doesn't just stop there. It says, in the presence of my enemies. So not only does God provide, he provides so others can see. Not just others can see, he, he provides so the enemy can see. So when he provides for the enemy to, to, to see, it's, it's not, and hear me on this, it's not for your benefit. It's to show the enemy, I don't care what you're doing, I'm still in control. I'm going to take it to the next step. I'm not only going to provide there, he abundantly blesses. When, when, it, when it talks about my, my, uh, uh, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows, that anointing is, is, is symbolic of God raining down and showering down the blessings. Not just a little bit. It says my cup overfloweth. Not my, my, my cup. I, whatever it is I have that I'm going to say I'm going to contain these blessings in, it overflows. I, 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 love to, I, I love it. I love to have the conversations with people that are um, clearly not doing what God wants them to do, but they're saying, you know what? My, my life's blessed. Just think about how much more your life can be blessed if you were following what God wanted you to do. Our perception of God's blessings sucks at times. Because we, we look at it and we, we, we try to uh, um, uh, measure up our blessings to what's going on around us. And we forget that our blessings, we have to measure that up from what, the one who it's coming from. It says that we're to ask and God will give us more than we can ever imagine. More than you can imagine. Well, I've got some big prayers. You got a bigger God. So, so why not 
bring those prayers. Well, God's too busy. Okay, if any of you have ever said that, or God doesn't want to hear this, or, or he, you know, God's dealing with, with uh, um, the, the, you know, the, the people who are starving in Kenya, and he's got bigger issues. Hear how arrogant you are. Wait a second, I'm taking offense to that. Good. Hear how arrogant you are. You're limiting God. God can take care of all of that and what you have. It's not God's like trying to juggle everything. God is, as a theological term, omnipotent. He's all-powerful. You cannot exhaust the power of God with your, what you call, nagging prayers. Why do you listen to the devil? You're listening to the enemy. Well, God doesn't really care. No, he does. He wants to hear that. He wants you to uh, proclaim, as the psalmist does here, as, as David proclaims that you prepare a table in the presence of my enemy. My, you're, you're anointing my head with oil. You're blessing me, and you're blessing me so much that it's overflowing, and I can't contain it. If, if we're going to talk about how we're to celebrate in church... Well, we need to understand it's because we can't contain it. We, we don't have to, okay, well, no, push this down. No, can't, can't feel this way. Can't do this. Can't, I, I, I got to be prim and proper. I'm not saying that we'd be idiots. But what we need to do is we need to understand that the blessings in which God has given us, they are to overflow. They're to spill out. They're to pour over. Amen. Amen. At least I got one there. Everybody else is like, mm, mm, is, this, is this one of those times? Mm. We, we need to get one of those signs back here. You know the applaud signs? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get that. Number five. All right. Fifth and final one here. <laughs> I just had a thought. So any of you that, that, that know um, Doug Morey, the, the one that... The, the past, um, <laughs> it, it, it's funny, I, I read this because it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of my life. I, I, I laugh because he, he, he would say something like, well, quit calling me Shirley. My name's not Shirley. <laughs> Th those you know him are like, mm, nah, I, get I get that. But understand that, 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 that surely... It's not a, a label, it's not a, an identification on someone. It, it, it's, it's saying here, most certainly. It's saying, open your ears, open your eyes, get ready for what's coming next. Most definitely, whatever, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. When? All the days of my life. Now, when we look at this, the fifth characteristic is that with a vertical perspective, we can be hopeful. We can be hopeful. Why can we be hopeful? Because we have a promise of eternal life. Now, I'm not one that wants to bash on anybody who preaches in churches or anything, but I was sitting... Yesterday, and this is not just um, there. I, I've, I've 
witnessed it in multiple other funeral services when people are talking about the 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 individual who has deceased and they're talking about um uh you know where, where they're at and everything and they're they're, they're in heaven they, they 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 make reference to this eternal life in which which they are enjoying now but they make reference as if eternal life starts when you die and every time I want to, I was holding myself back. I want to stand up and I want to say, but you're getting it wrong. You're getting it wrong. Eternal life starts when you are reborn. The Bible says that when you give your life to Christ, when you've been born from above, that life in which you receive is the life that Jesus says he came to give and give it abundantly. The problem is, and we fall into this as 21st century Christians, we can kind of believe, and this is where one of those things that I believe the devil takes something that is righteous and holy and he twists it just a little bit so that he can affect us. And I think that the devil has convinced enough people that eternal life doesn't start until you die. Therefore, you still kind of got to like wedge your way through this life and muscle your way through this life. And that's a lie. The reason we can celebrate and the reason that we can live freely is because eternal life starts from the moment you say, Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. So, so when, 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 we, when, we, when we say that and when we hear that, it, we can say with the psalmist here, with, with David, that's why he's saying, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Amen. Amen. We, he, he can, he, he, <laughs> I, I don't have anything to throw. <laughs> No, no, it's, 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 I'm just, I, I, I think that, there are times that we, we know something, because I, I, I'm not going to doubt anybody in here doesn't know the truth, and doesn't know what God has said. But there's a difference between knowing it and doing it. And that's where I want us to understand that when David is saying this here, he's saying, not only do I know this, but doggone it, it says it in my translation, doggone it, I'm going to live this way. Amen. Amen. We're up to like two or three now. I'm telling you, we're going to get the flashing sign. Dad, we're going to have you up here with the air horn. (laughs) Come on, you all know that, yeah, that's exactly what it is. (laughs) He won't be able to figure, yeah. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And, and. And see, th- this is where it throws everybody off. They're saying, 
Okay, the, the, the goodness and everything followed me all the days of my life, and I should dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And they take that eternal life and they clump it together and they say, okay, that starts when, when I die. No, you dwell in the house of the Lord forever upon death, but you live an eternal life upon rebirth. So the, the, the hope in which we have, the, the hopefulness, this hopeful characteristic comes from understanding your position. If I'm standing and I'm vertically, not vertically challenged, and I think that that's some, sometimes we can be spiritually vertically challenged, like we, we, we think we're only, you know, I can only get my head up oh, this far. What we need to under, understand is when, when we are, our, our, our vertical perspective is where it needs to be. And, and we can say, no matter what's going on, I know where my help comes from. Song we just sang not too long ago. My help comes from the Lord. I can say in those days, I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and I can fear no evil. As I'm walking down through that valley, am I going to stub my toe? Am I going to trip? Am I going to maybe even fall? I may. But guess what? My shepherd's beside me to pick me right back up. That doesn't happen when we die. That happens when we are reborn. Live in the perspective that our heads need to be up. Not, I, I didn't say our noses. <laughs> because it, that, that's a, a byproduct of it. So, sometimes we can say, you know, we can put our heads up and I'm living vertically. And we can look down on people. No. We're not to look down. What we need to do is we need to raise everybody up around us up. Vertical perspective. So the norm is our heads are up. With that vertical perspective, when we come together and we don't know when to say amen or we don't know when to say hallelujah or, or even a praise God or, or, or a preach it or whatever, we don't know when to that and we kind of feel awkward, here's the deal. Don't force anything. Let your perspective be up and let the spirit just move. Move. 